Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed, the songs that have been sung, and the opportunity to worship through giving. And now as we get ready to go into your word, we ask that you will just permeate our hearts with the words that will be declared, that it will get in great soil, that will fall upon the good soil of our hearts, and that it will grow, and that we will be like an oak by the mighty rushing waters, and that our leaves will not wither. We thank you and we honor you for it. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are in our third episode of our series entitled Advent, which is the season that we are currently in. And now we are, again, the third episode. Our first episode is what it was. We'll talk about it in a minute. The second episode <laughs> was what it was. We'll talk about it in a minute. And now we are to the third episode. And I just want to let everyone know that even though we're in the great state of South Carolina and there's no snow on the ground, it's still a season by which we should be focused on Christ and what it's all about. The Advent season in itself came to reflect that Jesus is the reason for this season. That is because he came to the earth in order to reconcile us back to God so that we would be back in right standing is a time or a place for celebration. But not only that part of the uh, Advent, but we are in a dispensation right now or the time period right now whereby we are now awaiting his return. And so the Advent becomes this celebration of him coming, but also simultaneously the celebration of him returning. And so once we understand that, that yes, it's good to talk about the baby in the manger. Yes, it's good to talk about the wise men, the shepherds, all, all that, and the angels and all. All that's good to talk about. But our focus should be on preparing the earth for him to come back. Making sure that we have positioned ourselves so that we can be the conduits by which God comes through us, uses us in order to declare to the world that you must be born again. All right? Now, I got a lot of scripture today, so I'm not going to talk that long. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Everybody just said he's lying. But I'm not really lying. My goal is not, my goal is not to talk that long. Okay, I'll just say that. But if y'all get, get me excited, then I, we'll be here till next week. But that's okay. All right. So I want to remind you as, we, as we're getting ready to go into this third episode that God has not only given gifts and calling to individual Christians, but he has also given gifts and callings to the whole entire church, to the universal church, and to each church community. And it is through our hope in Jesus' return that we pursue and build up the gifts and live out our calling which determines how your individual gifts and callings are meant 
to fit into the broader Christian community. What that's saying is God has empowered every location to be a part of the total body. Let me say it again. God has empowered every location to be a part of the body. Now, see, here you may be the eye, but in the whole sense, you may be the toenail. So that's why you don't get upset about what part you are. Just be happy you are a part. All right. Amen. See, I don't get excited already. All right. So let's talk about the episodes. The first episode we talked about, um, we actually uh, did, did that episode at Renovation Church, matter of fact. And we talked about hope. <laughs> we talked about hope. That confident expectation that God is getting ready to do something and we want to be a part. That God is true to his word and he says that he's coming back. Guess what? He's coming back. Amen. The next last week we talked about peace. And we talked about not only the word peace, but we talked about the undercurrent of the word peace, which is shalom. Shalom is to be prosperous, to be complete, to be entire, to be whole in mind, body, and spirit. And so we talked about last week how peace is actually setting the foundation for this week. This week we're going to be talking about joy. Amen. And we're going to be in a couple of scriptures, like I said, we got a bunch of scripture. Um, I'm going to give them to you, then I'm going to read them to you. So that way you can write them down and go back o over them through the week so that you can have them. But we're going to be involved in joy today. So before we go on, let's talk about our definitions. The first definition is Advent. Advent is a coming. It is intended as a season of devotion with reference to the coming of Christ in the flesh and his second coming to judge the world. Joy. Joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. The expression or exhibition of such emotion. Then our word that I want to contrast it with today is happiness. Happiness is a state of well-being and contentment. A pleasurable or satisfying experience. We're going to be in... Y'all get ready to write Isaiah, the ninth chapter, the third through the seventh verses. Then we're going to bounce over to Luke, the second chapter, the first through the 14th verses. Then we're going to go to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the first through the third verses. And then we're going to end up with Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 22nd through the 25th verses. All right. Those are our verses. Let's go to Isaiah first. Isaiah, the ninth chapter, starting at the third verse. It says it like this. English Standard Version. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased this joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, and they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Luke, the second chapter, starting at the first verse. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that you will be for all, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, starting at the first verse. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Our final scripture, y'all still with me? Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting at the 22nd verse, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, I'm going to take about 10 minutes. All right? 10 minutes. Because I, I gave you all of those scriptures. Because I was like, if I give them the scriptures, then they can go back and, and, and I can just highlight some areas that I believe are significant areas about this. The first thing that I want to acknowledge is that when Jesus came, when the angel stood up, 
What did they say? I'm bringing you not only good news, but I'm bringing you this news with great joy. I'm bringing you this news with great joy. So the angels reveal the intention of the news. They were saying, I'm bringing you some news, but this news got something to it. This news got some excitement to it. And then he, then the, the one guy was up there, and then everybody else had to come and help him sing about it because it was such a great time that God has finally decided that, guess what? The time is now. Yes. From Adam all the way through, through the 400 years of silence, everybody was wondering, when is Messiah coming? And the angel said, I got the news for you. I got the news. You got, I got the news. Man, you're going to be so excited about it. And the significant thing of this is the angels did not go to King Herod's house and tell King Herod. He went to the folks that's working third shift. The folks that, you know, the third shift is not the favorite shift. You know, the folks that work at night, everybody ain't here. They, they just the folks. Everybody want to work first shift, you know what I'm saying? But they got the third shift, folks, the shepherds. The shepherds were guys that everybody wasn't happy about, but everybody just dealt with them. The shepherds was all around, always around the smelly sheep. The shepherds were always out there in the field. The shepherds were always doing things that everybody else thought was below them or beneath them. So the shepherds operated beneath the mindset of a lot of people. But let me tell you something about shepherds though. Shepherds were fighters. Shepherds were the folks that, excuse me, if something happened in their place, they dealt with it. The shepherds was kind of like, uh, like the special forces guys. If something needed to be handled, the shepherds handled it. Let's look at David. David sat up there and said, when a bear showed up, I dealt with him. When a lion showed up, I dealt with him. See, that, shepherds didn't run and hide. A, a lot of folks like to say the shepherds was, was you know, all, no, shepherds were some jokers. They, they, if, if, you want, if you try to steal a sheep, you're going to wish you had Because they're going to put some pain on you. So they go to these folks that were kind of like the outcasts, the bad boys, the, the boys that nobody else wanted to deal with, and they said, we got some good news. We got some joyful news. And they decided to let them know that Jesus had returned, that Jesus was there. Now, let me remind everybody that up until the age of 13, everybody got an education except for the girls. All the men got education, and so they knew about Messiah coming. And they knew about Messiah. So when they heard this, that's why they got excited. And if we would have kept on, we were talking about how they went to see the babe that they were talking about. And they began to worship him. And they began to celebrate him. So they took the raggedy, the third shift, the ugly, the mean, the bad boys, and let them see Jesus first. The ones that everybody else rejected, they got to see Jesus first. They were excited to go see Jesus first. So this now makes me go into my thought. I want us to look at happiness versus joy. Now, happiness is dependent upon what's happening, which makes it reactionary. Happiness is based upon your reaction to something 
interacting with you. Somebody bring you a cake, and it's a German chocolate cake with the, with, you know, with the uh, pecans or the pecans, you know, and making a nice little cross on top, you know what I'm saying, so you know how to cut your piece and everybody else can get the rest. You know what I'm saying? When somebody bring that, that makes you happy because you react to what has happened. It's tied to our feelings. Happiness is tied to the events that are around us. Happiness is a state of mind. Happiness is a way to think. Happiness is what it is. I just want to be happy. But when we look at joy, we go to another level because to be in a space of joy, joy is not dependent upon what's happening. It's dependent on who is happening. And who's happening is Jesus. Jesus is happening. I heard one preacher say, uh, happiness depends on what's happening and joy depends on Jesus. And so, which makes, because joy is dependent upon Jesus, guess what? It makes it eternal. Y'all, y'all catch that when y'all get ready to go to bed tonight. Joy is eternal. Why? Because it depends on Jesus. Jesus is the source of all joy. And joy is emotionally rooted in our faith in Christ and his example. See, you, we, come on, y'all. See, so we got to move from just letting events cause us to be happy. Okay. We got to be Happy in the fact that I'm in Jesus, Jesus in me, so no matter what's going on, I can still have joy. Both of the cars uh, broke down and all all eight tires are flat. I can still have joy. Now, you know what? One of the things that drives me crazy, I I shouldn't say it that way, but one of the things that just really surprises me about Lady Yolanda, one of her nicknames is Optimus Prime. Because she always looks at the good side of whatever is going on. It, I, I, I'm, that's why she's in my life, because I need somebody like that. Now, she always says, well, this could have happened, but it didn't. And that's kind of what Joy is looking at. Joy is saying, because I'm in Christ, I still can be happy. Because I know I have eternal life. Wait a minute. You lost your mom. You lost your dad. You lost your brother, your sister. But I can still have joy because I know I have eternal life in Jesus. See, joy does not depend upon what's happened because those four people dying would make you want to feel bad. But because you have joy, you reflect upon the good times that you have with the individuals and don't wrap yourself around about what's happening at the moment. So your state of mind is at a whole nother level. Now what we want to look at is the fact that once we accept Christ in our life, we read in Galatians that one of the results of being filled with the Spirit of God is joy. So if you feel like you ain't got no joy, then you might want to inspect your tree to see what fruit you yielding. And now when you look at the fruit on the tree and you rock down to the roots to see what is establishing the fruit, then you might see that you might not be rooted where you should be rooted. 
I ain't, look, you know what I say, look straight ahead, nobody know I'm talking about you. <laughs> oh, huh. Um, next week, y'all. All right. So as we look at this, we can realize that we can have joy in every circumstance. And what joy will do in every circumstance is change this circumstance to our good. Wait a minute. All four tires is busted. The car won't start. I can still have joy. I got two feet. I can still walk. Amen. I can still, we can look at the circumstance. We can look at and say, I am not dependent upon what's going on around me. I'm dependent upon who is within me. Y'all catch that when y'all get ready to go to bed tonight. Because external has no authority over your internal. If you're in Christ Jesus. Y'all want me to tell you that again? External has no influence over you when you have Jesus. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the reason I want to emphasize how important it is for us to walk in joy. As we talked about last week, we can walk in peace. We can walk in prosperity. We can walk in total uh, wholeness if we operate like Jesus will operate. Amen. So if we are in Christ Jesus, then we can do the things Jesus did. And then he said, not only can you do what I did, you can do greater things. So hold on. Let me think about that real quick. So if I can be, if Jesus could have joy for the cross that was set before him, because he wasn't just looking at the cross. He was looking at, I'm going to be spending eternity with the father. So whatever I need to do to go spend eternity with the father is a small thing. Y'all, oh man, y'all, man. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to get no sleep tonight. All these all Eureka's going to come to you. So at, when you think about it, Jesus says the cross is a small thing compared to me being in eternal position with God. So I can operate. I can go through that. I can do everything I need to do because the joy is in where I'm going to be at the end of all this. So I just come to encourage you to tell you this. At the end, be encouraged to where you're going to be in all this. But my money is funny and my change is strange and the bill collectors are calling. You can still have joy. You can still have joy because in Christ you can live, you can move, you have your very existence. And he can make a way when everybody else says there is no way. So we should be the examples during this time period between his birth to his return to show everybody when Jesus comes, this is how everything going to look. This is what joy is going to look like. It doesn't matter what's coming externally. It's what's on the inside. I have Jesus in me. I have the spirit of God in me. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy. Uh -huh. It don't even go no further. Next thing, you got love, joy. <laughs> because we can walk in the power of knowing that in him, we have our total peace. We are whole and complete. And when we experience Jesus arriving, it, it will be the totality of joy that will make us happy. 
because we will take off this corruptible flesh and put on incorruptible. We will have a brand new body. You know that, uh, that pain you got in your back, the pain you got in your neck, all that's going to be gone. All right? The little wobble that you do because your knees ain't acting right, that's going to be gone. All right? Them four sets of glasses you got to wear, you know what I'm saying? That's all going to be gone. You're going to have a brand new body. So you can celebrate in that. You can celebrate in the fact that God has me and it doesn't matter what no one else says. I am excited. I am delighted. And I am past being just happy. I'm joyful in the fact of who I am in Jesus. Well, I just want to let you all know out there in Facebook land that um, the key to this joy is having a relationship with Jesus. That's key. Because if you think you have joy and it's not founded in Jesus, who is the source of joy, then you're just walking in happiness, which is based off of external circumstances. But we want you to walk in joy. And it's quite easy. All you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he brings joy with you when he comes to reside with you. He brings it with, he gives you the understanding of that you have victory in all these situations. The Bible makes it very simple. All you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says that you shall be saved. The word saved means to be delivered from, rescued from, saved from. And what are you delivered, saved, and rescued from? The penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our desire is for you to have that joy. For you to have that peace. For you to have that hope. But most of all, so that you have assurance where you will spend eternity. And so, I want to encourage you today, if you have not made that decision, to make that decision today. And when you do make that decision, we want to know and we want to assist you along that path. So what we would enjoy for you to do is to email us at info at godshousecc.com. That's info at godshousecc.com. If you're local, we'll come to you. We'll do whatever we can do to assist you. If you're long distance, we won't come to you, but we'll do whatever we can do to assist you. And we will help you to get established because I say it every Sunday and I'm going to say it again. This is not an individual sport. This is a team competition. And we are there, and our desire is to come alongside you, assist you into becoming all that God has for you to become. All right? Well, my friends and family, my brothers and sisters, episode number three is in the book, Joy. And we want your joy to be full. And the only way that it can be full and complete is in Christ Jesus. Well, until next time, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.